Hell yeah, baby. We're fucking, we're doing Hellraiser. What movie are we doing? Hellraiser. Clive Barker's. You heard of it? Yep. Directed by Clive Barker. Based off of uh, the novella also by Clive Barker called Hellbound Heart. Um, he felt like he needed to change the name for the movie. Version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that funny to write the own book your shit's based off and be like, no, nah, we got to mix this up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, bro. That's like if Mary Shelley was like, I'm going to make a movie called, woo, oh, ooh, spooky, spooky. Ooh, real monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Shelley's first movie was called Uchi Wally. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look out. It's the green man. <laughs> <laughs> Big scary green M&M. <laughs> <laughs> Green Man's Town Romp. Okay. So Hellraiser. It's a what? What genre is this film a part of? I mean, it's definitely a horror movie. They have some like, s- if you want to get specific, they've got some body horror elements, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. They go into a lot of S and M stuff. They got some religious horror in there. A little bit of religious horror. The religious themes are like mostly off the top. Well, doesn't someone go to hell in the end though? I guess the yeah, I guess going to hell. But like they, the the version of hell in this movie is like not really particularly religious. It's just like uh, yeah, we bad. We both just read Dante's Inferno, and we gotta say we're not thrilled with the depiction of hell in. <laughs> this film yeah it is it's really strayed from its source material <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's based what? off that novella by clyde barker and dante's inferno yeah this is completely different how dante imagined this shit <laughs> which i don't stand for one bit very accurate to how clive imagined it though which <laughs> i i will stand for yeah i don't know you want to do a little quick little recap of this bad boy yeah let's do a little recap of what happens in the old uh, thing all right so uh basically uh the, the movie starts off the creepy uncle of the film buys an evil rubik's cube out in the desert then takes it back home or something solves it and then gets exploded now and the thing with this movie is when you solve a rubik's cube you don't get rewarded like in real life when you solve one. yeah it's not like you get a little news segment done about you for being able to solve a rubik's cube really fast and which a bunch of kids in my school got actually a bunch of kids in my school got huge into rubik's cubing yeah that was the thing at my school too and i'd like pick up a brand name rubik's cube and they'd look at me like i was a damn fool and they'd be <laughs> like oh my god you overpaid for that shit dumbass that's not gonna slide smoothly some of my friends would have those like eight by eight ones oh yeah my pals had that too they had rubik's cube lube dude they lube rubik's up. lube rubik's lube they blew lube up their cubes and then just fucking slide them all around <laughs> so yeah he solves the demon rubik's solves cube the, yeah solves that bitch gets fucking sucked up into hell or whatever that's, exploded turns that's out it this rubik's cube is the key to hell which all rubik's cubes have been for me in my life as well yeah definitely solving just, a rubik's cube is one of the uh uh pains of hell I, as soon just as I get my hands on one, I'm just subjected to eternal torture. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, he just fucking disappears. And then I guess his brother, who's, uh, side note, his brother's trapped in a loveless marriage, decides to move back into his dead brother's abandoned house. Mm-hmm. I guess to spice things up again is the impression that I got. I thought it was left to him in the will. It was left to him in the will, but they they didn't want to sell it because uh, the brother was squatting at it. Like, I just got a lawyer and we did a will and I'm leaving all my toys to you. Thanks, brother. No I was going to take him anyway. <laughs> I had a lot of moves planned. <laughs> I, you had some PS3 games I've been eyeing for a You've while. You've just been counting down the days till I die so you can steal my Scrabble. Yeah, so I can get your pink DS light in the painting, <laughs> in the painting that you painted over. <laughs> oh, man. But, so, uh, but anyway, guess what? That guy who got sucked up into the hell box, he escaped hell somehow, and he was able to be revived... When the dumbass sad husband bled all over the floor. 
Absolutely. The blood rejuvenated him. So what happens is as they're moving in, he cuts himself, bleeds on the floor, revives the boy from hell. Yep, revives the boy from hell. The boy says, hey, I can get even stronger. Oh, he says this to uh, his uh, ex-wife. Hey, I can get even stronger. You just have to lure some more boys in for me to suck their blood. And she obliges because guess what? They had a fling together. She ended up banging him on her wedding day with her husband. So it's a love triangle between two people and one demon. Yeah, one demon zombie from hell. Nether realm. And unfortunately, the demon zombie from hell comes out on top. He (laughs) wins. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? When you challenge a demon zombie from hell, uh, you lose. Yeah, it turns out uh, every woman's type is just a zombie monster who is unkillable. You know how the odds are always stacked in the casino's favor? Once you leave the casino, the odds are always stacked (laughs) in hell's favor. Yeah, it is true what they say. Uh, Nice guys finish last. (laughs) (laughs) And demon zombies from hell finish first. (laughs) Yeah. Tale as old as time. Hell zombie takes my babe. Have I ever done the joke where it's like nice guys finish first because they don't get to fuck that much? (laughs) (laughs) They just bust immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Nice guys aren't used to pussy walls. (laughs) (laughs) Nice guys can't maintain erections. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so the fucking lady starts killing dudes, uh, kills a bunch of dudes, the demon gets stronger, but oh, guess what? The demons from the Rubik's Cube come after and hu- or come after him and hunt him down. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what that shit's about. You're not allowed to escape hell, it turns out. No, Pinhead gets angry. Yeah, I also like that in this m- movie, like they c- they call it hell, but instead of the devil, it's just like a guy with like porcupine things yeah and he also <laughs> he's he, a half man half porcupine he's not even <laughs> instead of being half angel half man or whatever the devil is he was all angel baby ah strong angel he was god's prettiest angel so he made hell um, really yeah something like Damn, that we should cancel the bible next we'll watch that movie next <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think the scariest part of this movie for me personally was seeing uh, what a fucking beta sad husband Larry was. Like, that was hard to watch at the beginning. Like, you could just see in his eyes that, like, he knew his wife settled for him. She's way hotter than he is. She's got a beautiful, gorgeous mullet. What does he have? <laughs> Nothing. A weirdly uh, trapezoid-shaped face. Like he's Yeah, got he can't nothing. even grow a fucking mullet, the absolute loser. No, he's just combing his shit over, fucking praying for the day it falls out, and he can just wear hats until he dies. Yeah, and Miserable that's kind of... Miserable sack of shit. The reason it was upsetting is because I just, like, see myself getting into that situation as an adult. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I feel like this movie is about dudes like us. Yeah, yeah, your first wife dies, you get a second hot wife, but You're guess what? <laughs> She's She's secretly, yeah, she fucked your zombie brother and now she's teaming up with him to murder you. (laughs) Wouldn't that suck? Who would it suck more, you or your wife? Because you get cheated on, but your wife has to fuck a man with no skin. Yeah, but she was down. I think it would suck for you the most because, like, first, you know, you could lie to your... uh, Think about it from Larry's perspective. All his life, Mm -hmm. he's been number two. You know, he's got his hot brother, Frank, who he looks good. Great skin, cool tattoos. Sleeps on a mattress on the floor. Sleeps on a mattress on the floor. What Dope every woman statues wants. Statues of people fucking. Yep, weird statues of the Virgin Mary in his house, hooked up to the lights. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all your life you've been number two, but you say to yourself, "It's okay. I've got the personality. You know, at least I'm <laughs> funny. At least girls like talking to me. It's tr- you know, it's it's what's on the inside that matters." 
yeah. then all of a sudden, Frank loses his sexy, beautiful skin and has a horrible personality, and he still fucks your bitch. And that's just a metaphor for the... Uh, d- what's that word? Of life. Metaphor for the... Uh, Meaning? Inconquerability of life. I don't know what that means. About how you can't conquer life? Yeah. It's a metaphor about how life will always win. Yeah, life will always win. Much like floor zombies that come out from this <laughs> <laughs> in between the third and your fourth floors. Couple things that are unbeatable. Life, floor zombies, and pinhead. Yeah, pinhead. I man, I fucking love I want to talk about like the way that they do the villains in this movie because Clive Barker intended for um excuse me. That's okay. It's not. This is a professional. I'm gonna raise fucking hell if you do that again on this show. Yeah, I'm gonna burp into this microphone. I'm gonna so solve a Rubik's like cube McDonald's. and then tell them you did it. I'm gonna zap you into hell with my puzzle box. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds sexual. <laughs> but yeah, so Clive Barker intended for fucking Claire to be the villain of this movie, Claire. and I guess she is. She's the lady with the mullet who kills all the dudes. Mullet and I mean, lady. she is like she does. I would. She she's got the most murders. Yeah, I guess the girl is the villain. I mean, she is the villain, but that's the problem with making, like, but fucking... like, that's a potential future controversy. You can't just make a girl a bad guy. I think it's liberating to make a... You, you got a whole trend of uh, girl heroes now in cinema. Why not have a villain who's just so f- fucking horrible and irredeemable? Make her a lady. That's equality. That's uh, fucking beautiful. I like that a lot. Are you saying that only women can be villains? I'm saying I think that's wrong. I'm saying that let's have a sociopath, irredeemable lady serial killer. Let's have one of those. And we got one in Claire Higgins. So you're saying that all sociopath serial killers are women. I'm saying that we could use some more. So she's a But I mean, you know She's the villain. That's interesting. I never thought of it like that. I always thought it would be the man possessing her that was evil. I mean But I always thought it was sort of like a chain of evilness, right? Because it's her killing everybody. But she's killing everybody for her boyfriend but you're right he's making her do that for the devil right it is well he's not making her do it for the it's devil it's like a pyramid scheme of evilness satan's pyramid scheme <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even like he's only doing it so that he can get power back so i guess that she, he's manipulating her to do his bidding but she's uh, i don't know she like she's the fucking evil force like she's the one who's doing all the most she's tricking everybody she's setting the plan into motion i guess she's not you know the tippy top of That's the true. evil pyramid hey, she's babe, not you the ever brains hear about saying no think about it she's not the brains of the operation but she's absolutely the mus- the she's muscle she's the brawn she's the brawn that is kind of progressive actually yeah i like that never seen a girl be the brawn of an operation nice little change give her a knife make her an enforcer yeah, fellas, give your girl a knife. <laughs> Get Let her to kill for you. See what she can handle. <laughs> it's it'll be more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. This movie's really about uh letting your girl loose on a <laughs> Friday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to cage your women. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then but the problem with fucking making Claire the villain and having a character as dope as pinhead and all the cenobites is that like everyone just wanted to see more cenobites like that i think is probably the biggest downfall of this movie is that you don't meet the dopest characters until about 45 minutes into it yeah i would say that like uh maybe if you're gonna make a movie with like crazy ass hell guys you shouldn't have that many humans in it 
Yeah, or have that many humans, just have them operate alongside the hell guys. Because, I mean, the costumes are so goddamn good. I want to look at them. Like, I would just would like to look at those for an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, like, I just kind of stopped caring about the story of the humans once I saw, like, what the devil actually Yeah, once we knew what the B-plot was here, then I really started only caring about that. I'm a one-track-minded guy, though, so usually when the B-plot starts in any movie, I'm like, I f- just forget the A-plot. <laughs> I really think all movies could be three movies. Yeah, just only have one thing going on at a time. A-plot, B-plot, C-plot, triple your money. You're welcome. Yeah, release it as a trilogy. Listen, Steven Spielberg, I thought of an idea for your film studio. <laughs> you can steal this And you know you it's right because of my experience. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that Clyde Lloyd what's his name thinks that I Clyde Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> Clive Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Clive Lloyd Re- Webber? No, Clive Barker. Oh. Andrew Lloyd Webber is the guy who made cats. <laughs> I think that's who you mixed him up with. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? We got ghosts here, ladies and gentlemen. Clive Lloyd Re- Webber is coming to haunt <laughs> the apartment. Pinheads coming to town. <laughs> Lead Cenobites coming to town. So that's interesting. Is that a progressive thing or a non-aggressive thing? I mean, I think it's progressive that uh, he at least dealt with. I mean, he wasn't able to deal with it outwardly. He tried to have a scene with sodomy in it. And uh, you know, like the scene where they're banging uh, or uh, where Claire is banging. Um, uh, he, she's cheating on her husband with uh, Frank and he takes out a switchblade and starts cutting her up. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to be sodomy. He wanted Clive Barker wanted them to do anal, and he then the movie him to put the knife in her. Hands? No, he just wanted them to bang in, in the, the ass. ass. And then the movie execs were like, "How about no?" Did they have to really fuck? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> no, they didn't really <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Full penetration. Well, Thirty second scene. I don't know why that would be wrong. I'm sure there's some movies where they do it like that, but like you wouldn't have to. <laughs> You it's just not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> the director's like, we need. We're, this is a film about realism. If you're down, you can do it. But <laughs> if not, I get it. Use your improv. You either really improv fuck it. or do what feels right. <laughs> <laughs> either really fuck or pretend to fuck. But we need to shoot this scene. <laughs> oh, he's using that dark, twisted shit in the movie that the main guy has to keep covered up and ends up succumbing to, as his, as a allegory for his own being gay. And homosexuality. So it's like uh, hiding the demons that torture you is like, that's like... Bingo. Eventually it rips you apart and you explode. And that's the... And then Jesus weeps, like Frank (laughs) says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that doesn't seem progressive, though. Uh, I think it dealt with uh, the feelings of the time in the 80s. Maybe it's not progressive, but I think it needed to be said. And yeah. it's just, uh, I think it's cool that well, fucking Hellraiser's the shit that says it. I don't know, maybe if uh, fucking they summon pinheads like a queer eye with the straight guy, except where they redecorate uh, you with S&M gear and they figure out, they make you the leather daddy you were born to be. Yeah, I think that, would, <laughs> I think that could be interesting. And then maybe instead of making the girl murder people, he just makes the girl do his leather shopping for him because he's embarrassed. Yeah, she just she he just makes her whip dudes, and then that gives him life. He oh, realizes yeah. that he doesn't. It's not the death oh, that yeah. gets him off. It's all the pain. But still with dudes. Yeah, still with dudes. That's progressive. Very progressive. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I really the like the scariest shit to me, like I said before, is just watching Larry the father act and how there's two scenes where his daughter gets hit on in front of him and he just takes it both times. The first they're moving a mattress upstairs mm-hmm. and uh the the moving guys trap his daughter and the doors say something, you know, scummy. And then he's like, boys, and tosses him some pints and is like, <laughs> take a break. Take a load off. Fellas, seems to be getting a little heated up here. And then at fucking dinner, they're having dinner with uh, the, uh, you know, their friends or whatever that come to visit. The hot neighbor boy. Well, what's m- is it more progressive to let hot boys hit on your daughter than it is to not let them? That's a very good question. Because I would say if they're hot, then what's the problem? But in this particular case, they were not hot. They were they were the help. But they were lifting. That's hot. Fair enough. If there's one thing I know about women, it's that they think lifting is hot. Women think lifting is hot, and women think a man in uniform is hot, but only if it's a very specific uniform that typically isn't just one long piece. And you don't wear it while you're lifting. Yeah, you can't wear it while you're lifting. Women like when you lift shirtless and go to work in uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're only when you're lifting off the clock. That's what's attractive <laughs> to women. Dudes who lift on the clock, is that's a bad look. If I was remaking this movie, Frank's line would have been, Boys, take your shirts off. <laughs> then you can say something rapey. <laughs> Pop your shirts off. Pop your pants and then your shirts off. Boys. That was another thing I wanted to bring up. In a lot of the fucking, uh, <laughs> or actually just specifically in the first uh, scene where uh, Claire lures a man back to his house or back to her house to murder under the guise of fuckery. Under of the ga- yeah, under the guise that they're gonna have a one night stand. She takes him back upstairs. They're making out. It's weird. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make things more normal. How does he ease her into it? I know. Pop my pants off. His first move is to take <laughs> off his pants. And then he's just standing there in a button-down shirt, tidy whities <laughs> just being like, okay, now you go. <laughs> imagine, you, Okay, imagine you're making out, but you also know in your own head that you're wearing bo- like tidy whities right? Yeah. And then, so you're like, what could I do to advance both my causes? <laughs> yeah, what I if- know, stop kissing and also show off my boy thong. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the other thing about tidy whities is they all look like they smell like mold. Yeah, like there's never been a pair of that type of underwear that looks clean, every even if it's been freshly washed. Every time you're wearing tidy whities, I assumed that you picked that up from the bottom of your hamper and you smelled it to make sure it was cool. Like yeah. they're never freshly washed. Yeah. They always look like shit. They, they never have, have the elasticity that they should either. You yeah. ever notice that they're they're always a little loose around the legs? <laughs> yeah. And your nuts are always hanging out. It's like, I don't know if I can ever comfortably take my pants off if I'm wearing tidy whities and all my shit's just out to the side. Man, and those tidy whities, like every single time they always have that weird like thing where the fabric starts like falling apart because it's been washed too many times. (laughs) How does it look both dirty and way too clean at the same time? Could you imagine going to a bar knowing that you have that on (laughs) and then when you're back at the house thinking like I gotta get this shit out there so I can I need to get my pants off right now. (laughs) How are you still in a rush to get your pants off? (laughs) I just can't imagine like you know being like hey let me let me get a little comfortable and then only taking off your pants and then going right back in for the kill, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, let me leave my suit top on, and let's go back to smooching. I don't want to wrinkle this shirt. 
Let so me I leave this keep on. It on. It's all, I also look great in it. I don't want to wrinkle this shirt, but I do want some goop on it. <laughs> My goop, your goop, it doesn't matter. Any goop is This fine. shirt just likes having souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, like, if you're wearing tidy whities you shouldn't flirt with someone. You just shouldn't try. I won't flirt with you if I don't have gel in my hair, let alone if I have <laughs> the wrong underwear on that day. <laughs> yeah, like, this man was wearing that underwear and sat beside her at a bar. Like, Jesus what are you thinking, Christ. bro? You got to fix your own life before you... That is if you confident. don't love yourself enough to not wear tidy whities how is she going to love you? <laughs> I just can't imagine a man who's like, you know, that dude had a job. He buys his own underwear. Yeah, Who dude. goes to the store and, like... Looks through all the boxers, flips through the boxer brief. <laughs> you know, like, I probably would wear panties before I would really? wear fucking tidy whities <laughs> This guy's like, I could afford a suit, but not the regular sized underwear. Give me a fucking thong. I need my underwear half off so I can afford my suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There has to be a reason. I bet he, like, really oh, likes check. wearing short shorts or something. Uh, we could talk about the one and only jump scare that happens in this entire movie where there's a jump shot to a monkey in a pet shop. Oh, yeah, that was scary. I don't know if they meant it to be scary. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they definitely meant it to be scary. I just, But I think that they did it to piss you off, so it's like, ah! That wasn't even the scariest thing I've seen in this movie so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, fuck. <laughs> One of those jump Shit, I'm a bitch. <laughs> a movie where everything's been terrible and then uh, just like an animal with teeth happens. Yeah, screaming monkey happens. But like, what fucking pet store sells monkeys, dude? Yeah, man, that's a little problematic to me. Very problematic. Keeping, uh, yeah, monkeys in cages. Didn't like that. There was also. Uh, I don't know if you can even buy a monkey. No, you can't. You gotta breed them. So find what kind one. Of spets, pet store was this? Special pet store. Exotic pet store. Exotic <laughs> pet store, but it still sells dogs. Yeah, dogs. <laughs> they got dogs. They got monkeys. They got crickets. What do you want? We got uh, really scary dogs, regular scary monkeys, and extra scary crickets. I really like uh, the trope of fucking the terrifying homeless guy in eighties movies. You're not gonna get that now. It's disrespectful to be punching down like that. Of course, as we all know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have to have creepy rich guys now in movies. But, but I would when also I see a creepy rich guy in a modern day movie. I just imagine him with. With a stinky old beard. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. It's ingrained in me. Yeah. No, ma- <laughs> no matter how rich you are, your beard smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> you think rich guys' beards still smell like mouth and cigarettes? Turn your oh. shit off. Sorry. Brad set an alarm, then we ignored the alarm. My bad. Ain't that just the way with alarms? I set it, and then I keep track of time so goddamn good that I never have to look <laughs> yeah. at it ever again. Setting it just makes me lock into what time it is. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the monkey in the pet store. Well, and then we have the homeless person who pops into the pet store who follows Kirsty around. You know, he sees her, and yeah, when he's he going through the trash. in this movie, or he was just following? He follows her and then scares her a lot, and then they end up, uh, after, you know, they end up at the end of the movie they end up getting all the fucking cenobites back into the rubik's cube then uh they ru- they like run out of the house and they find uh some fire they find like a big pile of trash that's on fire mm-hmm. and then they see that homeless person again and he walks into the fire and he just sort of stares them down while he's being burned alive but then he turns into a skeleton dragon and falls away or er, and flies away yeah You've never been walking around downtown late at night and seen that shit go down? <laughs> That's what they do. 
skeleton dragons flying out of the LRT <laughs> stations. Dude passes out on the stairs. Next thing you know. I'm always lighting fires in alleys just to see who will walk into it. Just to who will become a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I think they made it not punching down by turning the homeless guy into the coolest monster of the whole movie. I guess, yeah, that's just a good way to fucking save your little anti-progressive joke there, hey? Yeah, and they also do my favorite thing of just adding spice and flavor for no reason. In any movie I make, there's going to be a homeless guy who all the characters bully mercilessly, but also he's going to end up to be God at the end. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Take that, cancel culture. Yeah. He's God. (laughs) (laughs) And he was super creepy. (laughs) They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, what does that say about different things? That God can't make eye contact. (laughs) God's drunk and he can't make eye contact (laughs) and he loves lighting himself on fire. God's actually pretty fucked. Yeah, God is a weird <laughs> dude. I would not be down to chill with God. Yeah, so I guess they kind of s- this movie saves itself, right? Because it does something unprogressive and then it reprogressifies it r- immediately. Yeah, it's just like, oh, actually, you're you're not progressive for thinking this isn't progressive. You're not progressive for thinking this homeless guy wouldn't turn into a supernatural being. Yeah, come on, you idiot. And you're not progressive for thinking when this girl's uncle tried to have sex with her that it would work. Yeah, she <laughs> couldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty progressive when she rips his face off. Too. She does. I really like I, I really like uh, Kirsty. Kirsty's like the main young character. Kirsty Alley. Yeah. The uh, last girl, as they're known in horror movies, the one who makes it to the end. Oh, that's a thing. Her <laughs> final girl is. Uh, <laughs> that's really a horror movie trope. Oh yeah, definitely. Huh? Final girl. Yeah, dude. In Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there was a final girl. Yeah, there was. In all the f- every slasher movie you'll ever see, I promise you, there'll be a final girl. Huh? I guess the because the audience expects a boy to survive, so they always just make it a girl, or is that why? No, I think it's just because um, it gave audiences sexy with blood on them. I think it's pretty much that. I think it's just audiences in the 80s got boners from watching girls be in danger. Hmm. Well, what do we get boners from now? Still that. But they don't make movies like that anymore. They do. They're just not doing as well (laughs) in the box office. (laughs) They're just on Netflix now. No, now everyone's into psychological horror and shit, bro. I love that. What's... That's like when it's like you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, you can't tell what's going on. It's like it's creepy. It's tense. It's like uh, it's like when you know something's going to happen, but nothing happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's then like it's, a uh, it's a really easy to way to make your movie uh, have nothing happen, but feel like there's a lot going on. Yeah, dude, we should make a movie where it's just that closet down the hallway, but we never turn the light on and nothing ever goes in. Yeah, and as long as there's like a very high-pitched noise happening the whole time, We boom. just switch the sound. That's an Oscar winner, baby. Switch the creepy uh, stock music every 30 seconds <laughs> and just call that a fucking film, bro. I love stock footage. Man. I've been Googling creepy shit. I, it, never mind. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a podcast just to table all discussions. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a podcast to talk about it off stream. So there's a final girl in this movie. She's covered in blood. We can see the outlines of her titties. No, we can't. We never see the outline of her titties in this movie. They really don't sexualize Kirsty that much in this, which shocked me. Yeah, I guess, eh? They like, really only sexualize the one with the mullet. Yeah, they only sexualize her, but Kirsty's supposed I to be like a beacon be a of innocence. Of a gay allegory, too. 
<laughs> the one with the mullet is secretly the sexiest the whole time. Yeah, that could be something. The girl with the boy's haircut is the <laughs> that's the desirable one. <laughs> that could be something they're saying. That's yeah. a little controversial. Yeah, this movie was definitely directed by a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear, that's a failing of the movie. That's not us saying that. That's not our fault. <laughs> But yeah, no, they go out of their way to make Kirsty be like the beacon of innocence through this. Like she's always dressed in white. They're always like lighting her, you know, very fucking. Uh, I don't know what the word it like, uh, you know, like uh, in like neutral. biblical shit, not neutral, but like where angelic. it's like backlight angelic. That's exactly it. They give her a lot of angelic lighting. Yeah, she looks uh, in this whole movie. She looks like she's about to save the day. And then the whole time she's just like calling her dad because she had a nightmare and yeah, shit. <laughs> and finding out that it's somebody else wearing somebody's skin and yeah. just having the worst fucking day of her life for yeah, they about treat an her hour like, and a half. <laughs> they treat her like girl Jesus the whole time. But then like everybody's dunking on her and trying to kill her. And then the thing that really throws her off is just like one nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really. Yeah. Kirsty's life is just Jesus's act three. Yeah, but I yeah, it was pretty progressive the way they did Kirsty though. I think that's, I don't think that's a controversy at all. No man, I love how they portrayed Kirsty. I also love how they portrayed her uh, mother who was bad at, or her stepmother who was bad and killed everybody. This is sort of like Cinderella now that I think of it. How beautiful angelic teen, evil stepmother. Yep. Who saves the day in Cinderella? That's right, Cinderella. Who saves the day in this movie? I don't think Cinderella does save the day in Cinderella. Cinderella is just kind of a prop in a Cinderella. Why well, don't? Know. Why do you think they call it a Cinderella story? Because she saves the day. It's called a Cinderella story because everything works out for no reason. I thought. I don't know, man. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on our next up on this podcast. We're covering Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> we should cover Cinderella, actually. We should do some Disney movies. I bet we could find some. Yeah, but only after we're done watching some Japanese gore shit. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this is an Doing allegory the Saw for franchise <laughs> Because she has a stepmom. Yeah, yeah, stepmom who's mean to her. Except she doesn't get saved by her Prince Charming. Her boyfriend, I like that actually a lot. Her boyfriend's, Her boyfriend pops up in the end to try and save her ass. But and then she just is the only one who knows how to operate the lament configuration and fucking zaps all the Cenobites back into their uh, box. Yeah, this is really a girl boss type of flick here. Kirsty is a girl boss. Kirsty's a girl boss, and her boyfriend is a boy loser. Boy loser. All the boys in this movie are huge fucking losers. Yeah, Larry's I mean, a loser. I mean, the guy who's a stud and fucks the guy's wife is arguably a loser because he's mean to his family. Yeah, he's a lo- he's a loser, but not in the way of being a pussy. He's a loser in the way of being a meanie. Yeah, it's like when you own so hard that you become a loser, you know? Like yeah. when you rock so hard that it's starting to impact your life. Yeah, being a loser is like a bell curve, right? There's like loser, loser, and then... This is like the cool guy portion of it. Yeah, it's like you start riding a motorcycle. Oh, all the clothes you wear are motorcycle clothes. You know, you have a vape. Tap out, vape. (laughs) 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 And you're back into loser (laughs) out the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like all the boys in. This is just like showcasing all the different aspects of loser boys. Yeah, so not a single dude in this movie is a winner. And I like that, dude. There should be more movies where it's just, like, us losing. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what. Like, I haven't ever saved anyone's life. 
I don't think there should be movies where dudes save lives. No, and I think it's dangerous to have all these movies where there's uh, impeccable heroes because everyone thinks that, oh, of course, that's how I'll act in, uh, when worst comes to worst. I'll be a hero and rise above it. We need more movies where everything goes wrong and then the guy just has a panic attack and gets stabbed or something. <laughs> yeah, like really? We, yeah, and it's not a feature length at all. It's just that's, <laughs> that happens, roll credits. Every dude is like, I would be Batman if shit hit the fan, but then really when hell gets rose what actually happens is you disappear for 45 no, minutes you're not going to be batman you're going to be the fake batman who gets executed at the beginning of the dark night you're not going to be batman you're going to be the guy with no skin who's making a girl suck your fingers for no fucking reason yeah no yeah that yeah that's what happens you're a piece of shit <laughs> you think I you're think cool but really you suck and your fingers are gross yeah so I guess the girl should save the day more. Like instead of the final girl being the one that gets murked in horror movies, like last, like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She didn't get murked though. She survived. Okay. Never she mind. jumped out of a window twice and made it. Judge, please strike that from the record. I think that uh, we should just stop having boy superheroes though. Or the boy superheroes should only be tangentially related to whoever actually saves the day. I think that all the boy superheroes should just suck. I think that all the superheroes should be uh, self-centered people who use their powers for profit. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I, we should switch superhero movies to where, like, Batman is Pinhead and <laughs> Superman also is Pinhead. Yeah, and all the superheroes should be Pinhead. I think that. <laughs> how about uh, the Justice League? Except you have to pay them for protection. How about the Justice League, and except they all sodomize you, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. How about the Justice League, but nobody has any skin? <laughs> uh, the, the Justice League, and they're all bleeding through their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, th yeah. That's the other cool thing about this is just there's so much like seepage. Yeah, all the effects. Uh, a lot yeah, of goop and blood Man, seeping through fabric and wood. Like, they really nail how gross everything would be if this was real. Can you do like real. a supercut of all the seeps right here? Yeah, of if all you the could goop edit that in. All the goops and <laughs> all the goops and seeps. Goops and yeah, goops seeping oozes. <laughs> <laughs> Get an ooze cut. the Snyder cut of Justice League is just like 10 cat women. Yeah, man, I'm so jealous of Sna Zack Snyder being able to release a movie that sucks shit and then have all his fans be like, well, it's just because it wasn't long enough. Well, it sucks less shit than the first one. Uh, well, let's see how much it sucks when it's three hours. Warner Brothers, please. Uh, welcome okay. to back to the show. It's King Op Kian and King Op Brad. Yeah, the King Ops. <laughs> uh, Kings of the Ops. King of the Ops. <laughs> Uh, we got one more fucking uh, con. Potential future controversy. Potential future controversy. Big controversy. It is that Pinhead goes back on his deal with Kirsty. He makes a deal with Kirsty. Makes a deal. Kirsty goes to hell, opens the lament configuration. Pinhead's like, oh, you probably want us to do some pleasures and paint on you. She's like, oh, no. I want She's you to like, oh, I actually like missionary. Classic misunderstanding. Another progressive thing in the movie. I just want you to stick your fingers in my mouth. <laughs> 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 um. 
your fleshless fingers in my mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, so she's like, no, don't take me. I'll show you where Frank is. That's who you really want. And Pinhead's like, you're right. That is who I really want. I'll spare you if you show me where she he is. So she Which shows is a nice thing to do. Very nice. Very reasonable. That's how you make a deal. That's a demon on business time. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's demons during business hours, baby. Yeah, just because he's a demon doesn't mean he's unreasonable. <laughs> just because he's from hell doesn't mean he's a bastard. Just because he's from hell doesn't mean he's not willing to negotiate. Yeah, doesn't mean he won't make a deal. Absolutely. Devils love making deals. <laughs> that's Johnny Cash wrote a song about you it. You ever hear about making a deal with the devil? Yeah, you ever hear about the devil went down to Georgia? That's what this is about. Yep. Um, you ever hear that Eminem bar where he's like, I sold my soul to the devil. I'll never get it back. Yeah. I just want to leave this game with level head intact. Reference to this movie. That's what, that's how Kirsty felt <laughs> when <laughs> she, she was in hell. She felt a lot like Eminem for a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you think, uh, you think hell in this movie, like that long hallway she had to run down. You think that was just eight mile? You yeah, that, that was an, an allegory for Detroit. <laughs> it was an eight mile long hallway. <laughs> and I think the director did that on purpose. Definitely very purposeful, intentional, purposeful. But anyway, <laughs> so fucking Kirsty leads Pinhead to Frank. Pinhead gets Frank, and then Pinhead's like, oh, I also want you. I've gone back in our deal. And I'm doing bad business. I'm operating <laughs> like a Wall Street bastard, and I'm taking you over also. He says, don't call the Better Business Bureau because they won't answer because I killed them too. I'm a bad guy. They'll strip me of my A++ ranking. <laughs> so I guess... What does that uh, what does that say? I don't even know if that's a con. That's just bad business. I think this movie's uh the problem with this movie is that it's so progressive. People are going to look up to it and they're going to idolize going back on your word the same way that they would idolize girls being villains and murdering people, which they should idolize that, but they should also <laughs> hold honesty in the exact same regard. Yeah, there's two things that I do believe are important, and it's honesty and also that we equally share the murder responsibilities in a relationship. Very beautiful, very modern, very 21st century. On that moral, two keys to the relationship are that we both get the ops and we both are honest with each other. Yeah, crush ops and be honest about <laughs> crushing the ops. Uh, you have any final thoughts on this movie? I think it was good. I think it's a minefield of uh, progressive versus regressive uh, content. And I think it it's going to be pretty hard to remake nowadays, but what did we sign up for if not a goddamn challenge, Kian? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this shit is unremakeable, but I think it deserves a remaster. You know, the world needs to see. <laughs> yeah, don't remake it. Don't Just remake it. Make don't it make it sound this. a little better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Put, make it, let, let's make this in a little higher quality. Let's add some George Lucas-style CGI edits right in the middle and put that out for twenty five ninety nine. And I think they should add a George Lucas-style scrolling title screen because there's a lot of this that you explained to me in the pod that I fucking completely missed. Yeah, fill in some shit for us. <laughs> we watched this movie twice, and I'm still like, it doesn't mean shit. I've watched this movie four times, and I'm still finding out <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just connected the Kirsty dot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think it's a good flick. I, I think it's worth watching. I would say that the people out at home, I think they should watch it. This just came out in such a beautiful time in the horror movie or in the horror fucking, I get you know, 80s era of horror when they were at their peak with uh, uh, practical effects and gore and schlock and just gratuity. But it was also made by a guy who I guess had a clear artistic vision and had actual ideas that he wanted to communicate. 
Yeah, this is an art film with brains and cum. Yeah, seriously. This what is an art film want? with tight leather. Everyone busts hard all throughout it. Yeah, what do you think artists are doing in their spare time? Wearing busting. leather and busting. Absolutely. So I guess what we're trying to say is it's less of a film, more of a documentary. And I don't think there's really anything problematic about it. No, not a goddamn thing that's a problem with this. If anything, I think the leather could be tighter, and I think there could have been more murders. <laughs> I think there could have been more controversy yeah. as well. Yeah, add some more controversy, and I'll be a happy ma happy man. So it deserves a remaster, not a remake, though. Um, check it out. Uh, what movie are we going to do next? Do we know? Oh, yeah, big time. Next movie we're doing, uh, Enter the Ninja. Check it out. It's a kung fu masterpiece. It's a, just prime time 80s garbage. Love it. Is it about a guy who fucks a ninja? Oh, no. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. It's What if we... There's <laughs> I think the, the, look, last five minutes, similar, the last five minutes should be predictions of what it's going to be. Like I think it's going to be close to Kung Fu Panda. Like It might be the prequel to it. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to give too much away because I've seen this. And oh, I okay. love it. I, this is an excellent kung fu movie based off the hit D'Antward, or excuse me, the D'Antward song came after this. Ah, the D'Antward song came after it. Yep, yep. So the song is based on the movie. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Hmm. Well, I can't wait to check it out, and I can't wait for the viewers to check it out. Yeah, you, yeah definitely watch this one. There's going to be a fucking lot to it. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be problematic, I bet. Oh, there is not a good single <laughs> thing that's good. It is the opposite of Hellraiser. <laughs> it is the opposite of the PC masterpiece that is Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Hellraiser is both progressive and a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. And also conservative. Yeah. It's progressive, conservative masterpiece. Checks all the boxes. There's something for everybody in this film. Yep. Anyway, uh, fuck. Watch our shit. Follow us on Instagram, Keen underscore BD. I hate Brad. Yep. Shout out to Comedy Here Often because we do that now. Shouts out to all the other podcasts that they do. Uh, shouts out to their contract that we signed. Shouts out to their lawyers. We have to do this legally. Shouts <laughs> out to their accountants. Um, shouts out to. I guess that's it. Shouts out to our potential future advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> And shouts out, most importantly, to you, the viewer. <laughs> <laughs> shouts out to our potential future viewers and our potential future patrons. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Watch our shit next week. We love you. Mwah.